You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome one and all to episode 77 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast and we have a brand new Patreon subscriber to join our dynasty. That's right, it is Shade and thank you so much Shade for joining us on the Patreon Pimpcron dynasty. They actually are the Tesseract mailbox tonight because they asked me exactly what I wanted for the new Psychic Awakening book for Necrons and I get to wishlist. So they ask me my opinion, and, you know, most people are like 70% water. I am 70% opinion and 30% fat. (laughs) I guess it's fat, yeah. It's mostly opinion and fat. So I also have a real talk with the Pimpcron tonight, and it is interviewing a professional commission painter, and his name is James with Siege Studios, and it's very interesting because he shares funny armies that people requested that he paint, you know, like color schemes and things like that. One in particular is is quite funny. And he discusses how he got into the hobby and how he started the business and all of that. And they have a huge online presence. They're very, very popular on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and all of that. And you probably have heard of them, honestly. And also, he also mentioned that he's got so many painters under him, like, you know, that work with him, work for him. And it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive to build a business out of something that you love, such as hobbying and painting. I could not do that because I really don't like painting that much, but uh, certainly not to paint other people's stuff. But you know, money makes everything good. So those are the only two segments today because I figure the intro will take up a bit of time because I literally got back about three hours ago from Burke's Winter Blast, twenty twenty. Which, of course, is ran by my good friend Mike Biancone and the Burks Wargaming Club over in the uh, Lancaster area in Pennsylvania. And we go there every year. It's a super, super fun event. It's all for charity. And they have such an impressive raffle system. I mean, the amount of prizes they have donated to them and that they, you know, they buy for raffle and all that is just crazy. So it is always a lot of fun. They have um, like 50... A 50-team doubles tournament for 40k, and they've got like 24, 20, I guess 24 Age of Sigmar players in a tournament, and then I think this year they had like 20-something bolt-action players, which really shocked me because bolt-action doesn't really exist in my area, but apparently it's really, really popular up there. So my buddy Josh and my other buddy Just James, you might know of him, we all went up there and hung out with some of our Basement Wargamer guys up near Philly and Pottsville. And then we drove over to the Lancaster area and spent all day yesterday at the Burks Winter Blast. And it was just, just such a great time. They gave us lunch. They gave us dinner. I did win one thing. And um, I try to, you know, win one thing from the raffle each year. And I got a really sweet new model that I am so stoked about. It is a single model from an army. I think it's called Mini Crate. And it is a boar. It's a female boar mercenary and she's got two like flintlock pistols one in each hand and she's kind of portly and she's got the tusks and the boar face she looks like um pumbaa i think it's pumbaa from lion king and i cannot wait to use her for brutality friday night before winter blast uh we met up with the basement wargamer guys in Pottstown, like i said and i got to play my good friend max at a game of brutality and uh, it was well it was kind of brutal Honestly, it was quite fun. So I had a good old bro trip, uh, just like we discussed last week, and bro trips are so much fun. That being said, I am very tired. Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. We had a a big old dinner about 12.30 a.m. this morning, which technically was last night. And uh, then, you know, I had like, I felt like crap and had indigestion all night. So I got like four hours sleep and then drove four hours home. That was fun. But I would not miss Winter Blast literally for anything. It's a lot of fun. Mike Biancone busts his butt to get all of that done in one day. I mean, it's all set up. It's all taken down. You know, they run everything. It's a good time. So last year, James and I, just James, sorry, I don't want to confuse you because you'd be like, geez, who's James? I mean, this is the first time I've heard of this James person. So Pimpcron and just James, we teamed up again in 40K 
our lists were he brings big distraction Carnifex stuff and I bring troops and objective holders. So his list was like two warlocks on jet bikes and Jane's are and two, th- two Wraith Knights. He literally had five models. I, on the other hand, brought a swarm of Necrons. I had a Cryptek, Catacomb Command Barge, and then 40 Warriors and 20 Immortals. And that was literally my entire army. So we did okay. We had two losses and a win. We almost had a loss, win, and tie. And um, we lost the first game by one point. It was just a grind fest. Really great game. Really great guys. We literally did not have one bad opponent for all three games. It was refreshing and awesome. Nobody was a tryhard. You know, there's not like a lot of money on the line or whatever. It's really about the charity raffle and just having fun. So we lost by one point in our first game. And we lost by like 15 Yeah, 15 points in our second game, and that was a real slobber knocker, the second one. Uh, Everything just kind of fell apart. Without going into too much of it, you got one victory point for each 100 points of completely destroyed units. And unfortunately, there was like some secondary objectives and things like that. So, James's Wraith Knights were like 400 points each, and they both died. So there's eight points right there we gave up. Not to mention the secondary objectives, they wanted to take down the Wraith Knights, so then that gave them extra points. And meanwhile, we left, unfortunately, like six units with one dude left. So, that really, really hurt us, because obviously we don't get the points for them, because they're not just completely destroyed units. Now, I'm sure they probably would have won either way, but it would have been much, much closer had we been able to destroy those six units. And, uh... So that, that, uh, you know, something that really surprised us is the first time we've ever seen or faced the siege drill thing from Forge World. It can be either Imperium or Chaos, and uh, our opponent took one of those, and oh my gosh, that's disgusting. Like, that siege drill, it acts like a drop pod, it pops out, but when it assaults you, it's similar to the Rock Grinder, uh, you know, Dozer Blade on the Gene Stealer Cult Rock Grinder. And it's something to the effect of it's like it, it does a mortal wound on like a two up. And if it if you made that, then a three up. If you made that, a four up. If you made that, then a five, then a six. It just deals out mortal wounds. It's high strength. It's it's just crazy. And that that ate a Wraith Knight per turn, essentially. Like it, it assaulted and killed one and then it assaulted and killed the other. It was disgusting. And then finally, round three. At this point, we were like 36th place out of 42 teams. And that was pretty low because we lost the first one and then we lost the second one. So, you know, the way they pair up the lowest people with the highest people, uh, lowest people with lowest and highest with highest. We were paired up in the very low scoring armies. And unfortunately, it does not seem like uh, it was a very good matchup for our opponent because we ended up getting max points on that last mission, that third round. So we ended up, last year we finished in 17th out of 50, and this year we ended up 25th out of 42. So that is unfortunate. We dropped some rank there, but oh well, we still had a lot of fun. We ended up with uh, 1 and 2, if you count wins first. So tons of fun though. Bro trip, definitely do it. Um, What else? The... I don't know. I'm like freaking exhausted here. Like I was like, I almost, I know you guys rely on me for the podcast on Monday. So I have the work ethic and I do it regardless of whether or not I have the energy to do it. So that's, that's why I'm here right now. Otherwise I was like, oh man, I got four hours sleep. Seriously, I couldn't sleep so bad. I got up at 445 and went down in the hotel gym and just walked a mile on a treadmill, like to try to get rid of my indigestion. Cause that usually helps. And, um, okay, full disclosure, they sold, like, Dorito Bites at this diner at 12.30 in the morning, okay? <laughs> and, and and these Dorito Bites are, oh my god, oh my god, these Dorito Bites, okay? That's all I need to say. They're delicious, full of, like, this, this hot cheese in the middle of it, and they're, they're baked, and oh my gosh, it was amazing. But, 
they were nice enough to give me something for free with the Doritos, which I was not anticipating, which is a full night of indigestion. So that was gratis from the restaurant. They just were like, oh, you can have this for free. As for uh, personal life stuff, I am still working on the Brutality Rulebook, so that's that. Uh, Max and I playtested some stuff this weekend, some new upgrades. And other than that, I have been working on my Necron conversions more. And I have a Tomb Kings game coming up next weekend with some buddies. And I need to finish painting my Tomb Kings list, so I will be busy this week for sure. I believe that is it. Uh, Thank you so much for everybody listening to the podcast. And I hope you really enjoy this interview because it was a lot of fun to record with James. Uh, Not just James. Siege James. Whatever. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. Hey everybody, on this edition of the Tesseract Mailbox, we have a message from a brand new Patreon subscriber who is a badass cryptech named Shade. So thank you so much for joining the fold, Shade. I greatly appreciate it. And they sent me a message uh, via Patreon this time, not pimpcron at gmail.com and not facebook.com slash pimpcron. But it is entitled Necrons and Psychic Awakening. So as a fellow Necron player, I am curious as to what your wish list is for Necrons and the Psychic Awakening awakening supplement that they're going to get well honestly um i assume that they're probably going to be getting custom chapter rules because i seem it seems like you know a lot of people are getting those our custom dynasty rules i should say and that's pretty exciting honestly i'm i'm pretty excited for that but you know what i really really wish you ask for a wish list what i wish for a wish list would be that they bring back the old uh, court of the Overlord. What was it called? It was back in, I believe, sixth edition. The Necron Codex had different d- disciplines for your over, uh, not your Overlords, but your Necron Lords and your Necron Cryptex. And they, there was like five or six of them, and they each had their own category. And each one of them had, like, three different items that you could replace, like, a Staff of Light with this, or um, things like that. Uh, There was the, I think the Veil of Darkness might have been in with that, but there was, like, the Voltaic Staff, and the Eldritch Lance, and there was a Seismic something or other. There was also the Solar Pulse, you remember that? Where the Solar Pulse now is a stratagem, but it used to be a Staff of Light and... I don't entirely remember what it did because this is several editions ago, but in the Staff of Light, once per game, you could like shine it up in the, the sky and you had a chance to blind your enemies or something like that. I think they didn't get benefit of cover and they got minus one to hit or, or something of that nature. I don't really think they did minus one to hit back then, but you get the point. Um, I'm sure it had like the blinded special rule or something like that. So... Honestly, ever since 8th edition, the whole court of the Overlord, the Necron court, which would be the Cryptex, the Lords, and the Overlords, has just kind of felt kind of boring. And I'm seeing all these other things that people are getting in Psychic Awakening, you know, chapter tactics and all the stuff the Grey Knights got, which is literally a godsend for that army. Um, The Grey Knights, honestly, I mean, I, I don't follow tournaments or anything like that, but I would definitely see them being ranked higher than they previously have after all of the supplement. So in the theme of that, I would really, really like them to bring back those different disciplines. And the way it used to work is that you had to take, oh my gosh, what was it? A Lord and a Cryptek together, and they had to be the same discipline. And then you had to take one item from that discipline or something like that. And um, it was it was pretty cool. Seismic Staff, I think, was another one of them. But right now, Lords and Overlords and Cryptex are just boring. They're all literally identical. I mean, we get our five or six artifacts, and that's just well and good, I guess. But the actual flavor, like if I take two Cryptex, oh, okay, I guess I could give them two artifacts. But it's really not the same as actually giving one of them, you know, um, oh, Chronometron was also one of them. The Chronometron was one of the items from those uh, different classes as well. So 
to me, it would be really cool if we got some flavor to our leaders. I don't foresee them doing anything for the actual troops, you know, like, oh, this unit of warriors can do this or whatnot, because they have no special war gear, they have nothing like that. So I would be highly surprised if, like, the rank-and-file people get bonuses. But beyond the custom dynasties, I would love to see these, and I don't care if they're stratagems or they're whatever. Hopefully they're not artifacts, but if they're artifacts, whatever. But the point is, is that, you know, each Cryptek and each Lord could be the same, you know, in their discipline. And I, f I forget exactly what it was. It was like, um, uh, I don't know, alteration, transmutation, whatever. Because, you know, the Cryptek's are like, they, they don't have wizards and necrons, obviously. They don't have psychers. But the Cryptek's essentially like shape reality in, in different weird, you know, techno-organic ways and... They can, um, they're the ones that make the Tesseracts and, and whatnot. So they are wizards of technology, I guess you'd say. And being able to give them all a different ability would be very, very cool. Other than that, I think Necrons are long overdue for psychic powers, and I think we should at least have a minimum of 12 psychic powers. I think all characters, including vehicles, should have this, the psychic keyword. They should be able to cast three to seven, you know, seven might be a little too much, three to five different psychic powers each turn, and I am 100% kidding, because Necrons, you know, we don't really do that. It's not really our thing. But anyway, thank you so much for writing in Shade, and I am, fingers crossed, going to have some really cool Cryptex and Lords soon. Uh, this is based off of literally nothing, no information, it's just my wish list for it. Um, I don't foresee us getting any new models or anything like that. So honestly, this is the only way I could see them going, unless they give us a boatload of new stratagems. So I guess we'll see, won't we? Anyway, thanks for writing in. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. Welcome, everybody, to Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and today I am interviewing Siege Studios' James from the UK. How's it going, James? Really well, thank you. Thank you, really well. Um, thank you for being on the show, first of all. I appreciate it. No, not a problem and, at all. Thank you for having me. And you have quite an interesting job, actually. What exactly is it that you do at Siege Studios? So, I, uh, I have the um, great opportunity to work with loads of awesome painters that work for Siege, um, uh, painting models for lots of people in the community, which is, which is really good. So, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very fortunate and nice thing to be able to do. So, do you guys do mostly, I'm assuming Warhammer, because it's probably the biggest game, do you do other game systems? We'll, we'll paint anything as a business, so, so we'll, we'll typically paint any models that people inquire or get, or get quoted on or whatever the case may be, but, uh, but yeah, you're, you're quite, quite right. Like normally, I'd say probably, probably about 90% of our, of, our, of our business per year is, is 40k and some Age of Sigma. so yeah, pretty, pretty much a lot, of, a lot of 40k and a lot of Age of Sigma. So let's start off with saying, um, how exactly did you get into the hobby? That's a, that is a long, that's a long story and a long time ago. <laughs> um, so, um, so I'm 30, I'm 34 this year, but, um, when I was, when I was, uh, growing up as a kid, uh, I was always very artistic. I always used to be out in the back garden, like painting just with like acrylics and stuff on big bits of like uh, blank wallpaper and stuff. My, my, my mum put me out in the garden during summer to do that rather than uh, getting in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, so I've always been fairly, fairly artistic and stuff. Um, and then my granddad's, um, was in the uh, armed forces during the second world war and oh. he, he got me into airfix kits when i was a kid so uh, between sort of like the age of like five to nine or something like that so i was into airfix kits kits as a kid obviously built them completely wrong sticking things in the wrong places and all that kind of stuff they did, definitely did not look like what they were supposed to well, um, i did i did want to ask real quick what what is this type of kit that you're speaking of Airfix, so they're like they're like they're, they're airplane kits of like uh, like Spitfires and, and things oh, like that. so it's just a, it's a British or an English brand of like model kit basically. Oh, okay. Uh, quite what quite well known over in England and Europe and stuff. It's uh, they've been around for a long, 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 long time. Like they they made kits just after the war. I think there's like a, a model company basically. So um, so uh, I, I made those kits up until the age of nine, and then one weekend i think my nan took me into a charity shop with her when i was being looked after and i found a bag of space marines uh, like secondhand space marines in the shop <laughs> and, uh, in this charity shop and um 
and then uh and that's kind of where the addiction came from really <laughs> um, oh. so, so i got into i got into obviously like space marines and 40k and stuff at a very young age and then my um my parents bought me the second edition box set when i was uh, a bit older um for, for like christmas or my birthday or something i can't remember what it was but um but yes yeah, so i've 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 been into warhammer for a, for a very very long time like a very long time um and um you know i had the break like everybody does um and uh, and yeah i've been i've been pretty much just massively into 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 the hobby and into painting before it turned into a business and became my career so it's yeah it's um it's uh, it's been a very interesting journey to be honest so what edition was it in 40k that you started second Oh, second edition. I'd see. I was a late comer. I didn't start till fifth edition. That's fine. So, right. Welcome yeah, to the fold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still been ten years, but it's yeah, it's that's not. A, that's a long yeah. time. So, um, did you ever play any Warhammer Fantasy Battles or anything like that? Do you know what? I never did. Like, I um, I was always into sci-fi stuff, not fantasy. Uh, you know, even though I really like Lord of the Rings and I like uh, I like all those kind of things, but I I, I just I don't know. It didn't it didn't capture me like seven foot tall genetically engineered superhuman. i don't know i don't know what, i don't know i don't know why but, um, but yeah like, you know, um, i just yeah i got massively into it just like hugely into it um you know which which you know has kept me in it i mean i had the break as i said like everybody does you know um and then um and then you know i came back to it you know uh, i i, I realised how much i've lost in the sense of ability to paint like everybody does um and then and then um and then yeah just started the journey again so to speak so um so yeah but no it's been really good it's, it's been a, a very it's it's a great great thing to be involved with so have so, you yeah. tried uh have you tried any age of sigmar uh yeah a little bit actually yeah um i've got a couple of friends that do play it um it, it's a it's a very interesting game uh i think it's uh it's obviously very different to 40k in the way it plays and things like that but i think there's a lot of good things about it it's uh it's i think it's like the community is very different to the 40k community which is very interesting um given that the manufacturer is obviously the same company but um but yeah it's a very good game i do i've played it once or twice uh probably not enough to be honest but you're still a 40k guy yeah yeah uh, let's just put it this way i saw that second edition blood angel artwork on the front of the box and i've never looked back you know you can talk to me about blood angels till the cows come out because um because that that is that i'm an out and out fanboy when it comes to them so is that your main army has it always been uh for gaming yeah i've got quite a large blood angel army um but but to be i don't really play that much anymore being honest just because of time and stuff um, uh. but, um but yeah, Bell Angels have always been my my gaming army. I collected Sisters of Battle. I collected Iron Warriors. I collected um, yeah. I've got. I'm actually doing a, a Steel Legion army just like displayed like for my just because I've always liked Steel Legion. Like I'm massively into like the Armageddon campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so yeah. So I've, I'm actually doing a Steel Legion army just for just for just just to own one. Uh, I don't know if I'll get time to play with it. If I do, then brilliant. If if not, then then. Well, that doesn't matter. I've got it in the cabinet. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. But no, I, I do. I do try and play when I can. Uh, a couple. Uh, Joe in the office. He, he's 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 massively into kill team. So I might get the odd kill team gaming now and again, just when I get a chance. But um, but yeah, it's, it's you know I, I try to play. So I'm assuming that this whole commission business started organically, right? I mean, you're painting your own miniatures, and then you've got, I guess, friends or anybody else asking you to paint theirs as well. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. So when I was when I was in secondary school and, and sixth and college or sixth form, which is what it's, what it's called here in the UK, um, like I um, I basically was doing it, and uh, I, I I got asked by friends and people, you know, oh, can you paint this for me? And I used to do it for like twenty quid or whatever, blah blah. Like back then, I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't really. It, it was nothing compared to what it is now like you know and um and um so i, I used to do it and then i stopped obviously because i had a big break when i was involved in other things and um and then when i came back to it i i i thought well how can i sort of like show my painting off and stuff and, and you know blah blah and then um and then uh and then obviously i started doing some videos on youtube about my painting and things like that um i had a couple of guys message me saying look we um you know we we sort of do commissions for people and you know we've seen your painting and wondered if you'd you know like to work with us and all of this blah blah um and at that time i've been i've been I'm, i've been a, my job or well, the work that i was i had was a i was a recruitment consultant and i've been a recruitment consultant for 11 years and um and I, the way that things were done were really sort of like it wasn't treated like a business it was just treated very uh very not professionally if i'm honest with you like and, relaxed um, or yeah it was very yeah. chill very relaxed and um 
so I basically just thought, well, I've got 11 years of recruitment experience and, you know, I, I, recruitment is basically running your own business within a business, if that makes sense. And um, yeah. and I was like, right, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. So I set set up an email address under the name Seed Studios um, and did it for, you know, for two years out of a little flat, just doing it around my job, you know, uh, as a sort of side side thing to my job. Um, and we gained quite a decent following, you know, Um we, we then basically got approached by a couple of different people and, and started to painting models for them and things like that. And then um, I basically got in touch with the guys at Mini Wargaming and, and you know, they uh, they, they essentially, um, you know, had some models painted by us and then they done like a video showcase on their channel. Nice. Uh, and, and like one morning I woke up with like nearly, I think it was about 1,500 emails. Uh, <laughs> so... So at, at that point, at that point, I was like, you know, my phone was going nuts. And my, my girlfriend at the time was like, what is going on with your phone? You know, it's going like going like crazy. Blah, blah. And I, so I woke up quite early that morning because my phone had obviously woken me up. And um, and yeah, like, we, we, you know, the email address had just had so like a load of inquiries. Like people, I've seen the video on Mini Wargame. I've seen this, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, we, and then we ended up painting some more stuff for the guys at Mini Wargame. We'd done like part of their green sort of space marine army. We'd done some more bits for them. Um, and it got more emails. So at, at that point, I was like, I need to do something about this. And, and so I got a couple of guys on board to just my friends that were, you know, my background. I I, 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 I do more competition painting than I do uh, like army, like gaming at that point in time. Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, so I got a couple of guys on board that were in that circle with me and I knew in that circle. And then it just organically grew from there. You know, I, I know seven years down the line, here we are. We've got, you know, an office, uh, four members of staff in the office, 30 painters, uh, you know, that work wow. for the business. Yeah, 30 painters that work for the business. You know, um, the, the, the company's gone from strength to strength, you know. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know, you if you'd have told me when I was in my little dingy little flat all those years ago that it would be where it is now, I'd be like, no, nah, you're talking rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, you know, so to, 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 to have it where it is now is, is, you know, I'm, I'm really humbled by it. Cause the thing is, is like a lot of companies when they grow and get big, they forget their roots, I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like the reality is, is, you know, the size of the company now, I'd, I'd never be able to paint all the models that come into the business. So without the, the staff that the, the business has, like, Siege isn't the company that it is. Does that make sense? Like you know, so yeah. I, I I really do value you know all the all the stuff that Siege has got, and you know, um, without them, it would just still be me in a dingy little flat painting models with with my hands and my feet. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, um, so you know, that's kind of that's kind of where you know Siege came from and where it's at now. You know, we're um, without you know being too brash, like you know, we're you know. We, we've 30 we've got 30 painters that work for the business um you know for, as i said office uh we're, we're first ranked on google um we're the only company in the industry to have a trust pilot which is a, a an internationally accredited third-party review website um wow. um the, the, with a other than games workshop with the largest social media presence on instagram um you know so it's 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 yeah, been you... an, it's been an amazing growth um you know so well, so what exactly are, um, I'm not trying to make this a plug, but I, you know, I think people would be interested. What exactly do you offer? Do you also assemble the models? Do you, you know, like I know some, all the different commission companies do things differently. So yeah, do the people 100%. send you the models? Do you sell them the models? How does that work? Do you assemble them for them? Do they have to be pre-assembled or? So, yeah, that's a really good question. And, and the th- thing is, is we, we are, um, we are a completely bespoke service um and we we're a full service so we, we'll do anything as in we'll we can buy the models for you we've got a very good company supply company in england that we work with um and we can either buy them for you or you can send them into us we do have a set of criteria if you're if you're if you're making the models yourself because we don't paint over mild lines or, or sprue joints they have to be fully cleaned off all gun barrels on all weapons drilled if they're obviously guns if that makes sense all mm-hmm. mild lines as I said, all mold lines are removed. And we have a very, very stringent building and cleaning process because everything that we paint, um, our levels, so we have bronze, silver, gold, and platinum, um, our minimum level is an above tabletop level at its minimum. So we don't have, we don't paint what is considered tabletop. We don't paint that. We're, we're very much a very high-end studio, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think sometimes when you have 
more than say four or three levels or whatever the case may be i think sometimes it, it, the, it, the painting doesn't really justify the model if that makes sense yeah. um you know and again you know if you if you do want just to sling some models around the table and, and you just want three colors on it we're you know being honest you know and, and you know we're probably not the right business but if you really really want an army or a model that you put down and people go wow that's incredible then that that's what you get with what we deliver if that makes sense so, okay so a couple quick questions um just out of curiosity yeah, yeah. what country do you get the most customers from is it us the uk somewhere else that's a very very good question um it's to be, to be honest with you uh, it is that's a percentage split i'd say would probably obviously being a uk-based company uh, and just just to reiterate for for, for for those listening like we ship internationally so we're an international business we have clients uh-huh. all, all over the world but um Predominantly, I'd say a decent percentage is England uh, or the UK. Um, a decent percentage is United States, um, and we have a lot of clients in Eastern Europe, uh, Australasia, uh, and in mainland Europe as well. So we do cover quite far and wide. If I'm honest with you, um, you know. It's, what it's, would you say is your number one country? It's probably UK and America, uh, the states. They're probably the two biggest percentages of our clientele. Mm, now, okay, my next question would be. Which system do you paint the most for? Is it Age of Sigmar or 40K? 40K by a long shot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's you know, um, it, it it within the within 90% Games Workshop that we paint, probably about 80% of that is is 40K. Oh wow. It. Yeah. So you know, it's it, it's a it's a very very interesting thing, and, and the thing is. I think Siege is a little bit stigma as a 40k studio, which there's nothing wrong with that because obviously it's the, the largest and most popular game in the industry. But uh-huh. at, the same, at the same time, um, I love Age of Sigma models. Like they, they are beautiful, like the sculpts, the, the diversity of the, the, the detail and all those different things. Absolutely. They're, they're incredible models. And to be perfectly honest with you, I, in some cases, I think the quality of the models is actually better in the design than 40k. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a real shame we don't get to paint as much as as and we have people message us because they see our instagram or they see our website and say oh do you paint do you paint for do you paint Age of sigma or do you paint bolt action or do you paint you know uh, whatever the case may be infinity and things like that and it's like we will paint anything we only showcase <laughs> we, we only show we obviously have to showcase because not because it's such a large portion of our of our um of our uh customer base customer yeah. base we have to showcase it, do you know what I mean? But um, but no, we will we will we will paint any other game system because we we all thoroughly enjoy painting different game systems. You know, if you if you paint the same models all the time, it gets a little bit boring. But oh, for but, sure, yeah. But, um, but no, we will we, we'll, we'll paint any any models that that are sent into us, whether that doesn't matter what manufacturer or what game, we'll paint any models. Um, but again, we are a little bit stigmatized as a 40k studio just purely because we do an absolute metric ton of those models. And um, and and again, they are very good. Um, but at the same time, it's just nice sometimes to do other things. Sure, it'd be it'd be great to paint some World War II, you know, bolt action or something oh, compared to Space yeah. Marines at some point. Yeah. My granddad um, would be smiling at me all the way from his grave. If that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so uh, uh, just as an average, just as a guess. The yeah. typical order, how many points in 40K would it be? Are people sending you, like, you know, an entire army at one time? Or do people usually do, like, one unit at a time? Or what is that? It, it varies um, from customer to customer. But the, the general average and the general rule is that I would say that with, with Siege, um, we we have customers that come to us because we are a bit of a character specialist because of the team that we've got. Um, and I can go into a bit of detail about that if you want a bit later. But the, the, the team that we've got, we specialize in characters as a business so if you're looking for hero centerpiece that we're a specialist in that but at the same time um we paint everything from massive armies to small forces so generally a customer what they'll tend to do is either take out a small commission first of all to test the water with us if they're new um obviously once they've followed they've been through the process and how it works with siege and all of that what then happens is they'll take out a bigger order or and the next phase of the project so some armies they'll go across probably four or five phases with us um, uh. Whereas some customers, what they'll do is they'll just, you know, they're in the position where they're able to do the whole army straight away or, you know, or they'll, again, they'll split it in half or it, it varies from customer to customer, to be honest with you. It's never the same per customer because we are such a bespoke service in what we do and it is completely tailored to exactly what you want and you can pick and choose all the little finalities. Um, it's really very, very different per customer. I wouldn't say that there's one customer that's the same as the other in what they choose to have initially or in their specification or things like that. 
So this might come off as stupid, and I think I probably know the answer already. But do you guys also do basing for models? Yeah, we do everything. Okay, Absolutely. I figured you. I figured you would, but I yeah. just didn't know. You know, um, no, I don't know a whole lot about the the industry, so it's pretty interesting to talk to somebody that's actually in it because, um, you know, I I am nowhere near a commission painter, but uh, it would be. I always thought it would be neat, you know. Everyone has these these dream ideas of, you know, oh, it'd be so cool to, you know, just paint models all day. But I, I imagine it's actually pretty grueling, right? It, yeah, it is grueling. I mean, like, you know, the, the thing is, is, you know, a lot of people that, well, first of all, the industry is very much like the Wild West. It's very different. Like, and you're quite right in what you said earlier on, which is every company is different. Um, and that is that is the reality of it, you know. Um there isn't like a governing body or there isn't like a, an organization which oversees to make sure there's a certain standard in the industry. Mm -hmm. it, it, it varies from, from, from individual to company to whatever the case may be. Um, you know, so it does vary massively from, from different. And again, because we're talking about art, which is what it is, you know, um, you know, um, it's not just toy soldiers. It is obviously painting, which is obviously art, an art form. Um, you know, it, it, it varies from person to person to business to business. Um, so that's the that's the first thing. And that's something that a lot of people, I think, aren't aware of because it's just seen as, oh, it's just painting miniatures. Whereas in reality, it is, you know, that there is a great massive differentiation from one company to another or from a person to a person. Yeah. Um, the next thing I'd say is, it is, it is like you said, it is very good. And there are jobs that you absolutely love. For example, you could put an army of blood angels in front of me and I, and I would be more than happy to spend you know, <laughs> uh, however long painting it. Um, but then you could put something in front of me that maybe I don't like that colour or whatever. But because because it is a business and we are a fully commercial business and all the staff know that, um, it is a job and you have to do it, you know. And, and that's that's the thing, you know, it's not like it's not like it's you know we've and to, just to give an example for your listeners as well like we've had some very very funny like great projects because they're very entertaining to actually do but they're, they're mad like we had we had like one client that asked literally asked us to paint three phases of an army and the only reference he gave us was i want a space marine chapter themed after bacon oh, okay, okay. Yeah. so you know, when, when, we got, <laughs> when we got our specification sheet from him, it literally had rashes of bacon and also like a little pig on the, in, the, in the images section. So what on earth? And, 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 and honestly, like there was no text in any of the written section. <laughs> it said, I want them looking like bacon, which so you get you get some you get some very, you know, you get some very really cool, funny projects and you get some really amazing projects that you absolutely love because you're mega into that army or faction. But at the same time. There are jobs, being honest with you, that you know you, you don't like the colour scheme, you don't like the way they are, but you sure. have, to, have to paint it to the normal standards and put invest as much into it as you would as a job that you love, uh, or a project that you love, because it is a job, um, you know, and 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 that's the difference, you know. We as a business, we're very much, we are a you know a fully registered UK business um, with solicitor, accountants, all of that office, uh, you know, um, and and it is a full business, you know. It's not just paint, you know. I don't mean to this in the wrong way. It's not just doing it for fun in, in your in your room in it of an evening. Do you know what I mean? It is. I have sure. got you know that the team we have got a team of people that do this day in day out, three seven days a week, five days a week, three sixty five a year. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, you know it's it's, it's you you do get those jobs that are grueling. You just have to take it on the chin and and think of well, this is a job that I'm maybe not as much into because of, because I don't like the colours. But then the next one I get, I'm going to be in love with. Do you know what I mean? So it's um it's more like that really. So uh, what would you say your very favorite 40K army, ignoring your partiality to Blood <laughs> Angels, um, yeah. what is the army that is the most fun to paint on, on a whole, like the miniatures and the quality and their paint schemes and all that? I would say, I, I think, uh, and uh, I'm guessing you're going to have a lot of a lot of listeners that maybe that don't like, don't like this race. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, um, I think uh, Eldar are, are lovely models. They're very, very really really hmm. nice models and they're very fun to paint um because they're very elegant but at the same time they they have lovely surfaces and volumes to paint to paint um and at the same time a complete opposite to that and something that you'll be very um, very happy about is, is necrons as well um, oh, yeah. and i think i think the reason for that is because because with the faction especially with necrons you you, you, ha you don't have you have the, the the range of models, but there's not too much distinction between them. Maybe there's a bit of a robe, or there's you know something else. But at the heart of it, you've got a very mechanical, cold model that you have to bring to life. So mm -hmm. 
simply putting some silver on them and, and you know and and it, you 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 have it, it makes it more of a challenge because you have to put that really cold evil merciless kind of like narrative that they have into them some way with the painting does that make sense like it's yeah you know but yeah elder and Necron's probably are two ranges that i really like to paint because they're polar opposites apart because you know they're very necrons very cold mechanical deadly and then you've got elder which are very elegant graceful but at the same time they've got that nice fine edge to them as well do you know what i mean it's it's a it's a, it's a really cool range two set two different ranges now two of them that i personally would think but of course i don't do this for a living would be dark eldar or tyranids yeah be- because of the same reasons dark eldar has a lot of stuff you know like I mean, it's probably more of a pain in the ass for you, but like, you know, buckles and, and belts and the little smaller details in the Dark Eldar, you know, they're all like kind of bondage, you know, the SN, uh, the uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, no, I don't even, yeah, I don't even. And, um, and then the Tyranids with all the, you know, the, the uh, shells and the fleshy parts and all of that. Um, but, I mean, you're, you're the expert. I was just curious what you would say, because I thought Dark Eldar might be on that list. Yeah, they are. They're very interesting as a, as a as a model range and also as a faction. Um, like as a model range, like they've got a lot. Of, they are obviously elder, but they've got that dark, almost obviously evil uh, you know, narrative to them. So, whereas elder have the graceful kind of to them, you've got this dark, insidious kind of vibe that comes with dark elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and again, they do have lots of buckles and lots of things like that to actually add uh, paint on the models as well. So so no, you're quite right. They're they're a very good range, and they do have some really cool models in them. Um, also, what I like about Dark Eldar specifically over Eldar would be the range of motion. Like a lot of their miniatures are sprinting or running or jumping yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah, they are, they've, they've got a lot. Of dy- there's a very there's a very very dynamic amount of models in the range. Like if you you know if you, if you take Lilith and you know, and there, for example. Um, having said that, the the newest Archon model is quite static in his pose as well. So you know yeah. you've got you know. But then you look at the the witches, for example. They've they've got you know. A, really really dynamic you know poses and things you can achieve with them the new incubi as well they're really really cool uh, and then you have um obviously you've got then drazar as well the new or, or the new version version of drazar as well which is in a very dynamic pose with a really cool base you know so it's that they have got a lot of them, a lot to them especially when it comes to painting there's a lot involved with them which is really lovely now one one complaint i've always had about painting orcs is that uh just orc boys is that for a army that requires i mean a lot most people will play hundreds of boys or a hundred boys or a, a massive number of them each model has so many damn buckles and <laughs> i mean so much fine detail that you will never ever see because you've got a blob of 40 of them or whatever you know yeah um that 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 army that one particular army like gene stealers you know you might take in swarms but they're pretty easy to paint hormagons or termagons once again swarms but easy to paint yeah. but orcs it's like oh my gosh why did you put so much detail on this swarm army yeah so. i think it's because because they've got a lot of narrative to them and i think it'd be hard to just have them a bit more generic because you do have to have that um kind of ragtag narrative to them as well because of how they are and the, the, the background behind them um mm-hmm. but no, i completely agree with you and the thing is that just because they are so so sort of feral in the way they are every one kind of is like their own individual character because they have they're, they're very far apart they're not like they're not like well, even though marines have got personalities and all that when you see a marine unit they look all very similar do you know what i mean whereas orcs because they are ragtag you expect them to have all these different bits and bobs on them and that and again for painting as, as you said you know some will have one bit of detail some won't have it so you know so they and, and then within that on top of that you have to layer of all their big glyphs and runes and markings yep. you know so it's they're a very deep range to paint in the sense of narrative i find um you know in the sense of what you can do with them it gives you a lot of scope to create a very unique force if you put the time into it if you don't you can just you know paint them very quickly and get them to a very you know good good standard quite quickly and and, and maybe miss a couple of bits and bobs here and there do you know what i mean so yeah. So um, actually, going back to what you said earlier about the Bacon Army, um, that's actually a, a pretty interesting thing. So if you are you want to have your army painted and you are not a paint person, you don't really know color theory or anything like that, you literally could just contact you guys and go, hey, um, you know, these are vaguely the colors I want. Can you make something that looks cool? 100%. Yeah, we have, yeah. A, we have a very, very, you know, uh, very it's well tested obviously seven years old but we have a very very you know good system of, of doing specifications for clients um 
and obviously that process goes through a sign-off period where we, we make sure you're 100% happy with what you're going to do and all those kind of things but yeah quite right I mean all the guys that work for the business uh, you know they are they all paint to a, a very high standard um, and, um, and we, with the artistic experience that they've got giving us artistic license on the project is, is really really fun for us because it means we can really go to town and do what we do best oh for um, sure yeah um and uh yeah but you can you can you can you can be very specific with us and just say that we well, I want this 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 you can specify paints if you'd like you can you know you can do specific things we had a, a customer recently that um you know that commissioned uh, a Primaris army but that was second edition it's an ultramarine Primaris army that but was second edition in color um, so yellow mm. trims, red guns, all those things that you know go right back to my childhood. And, yeah. uh, and um, the the good thing about it is that the, you know the client said like, I want them super vibrant. You know, if you can use enchanted blue, or if you can use you know a color which is very close to enchanted blue, which is no longer available, you know, uh-huh. off the shelf. You know, blah blah. And um, and yeah, we we managed to complete you know the project to to to, to specification because we we managed to get some of the paint and so on and so forth. But you can be that specific with us, and you can really say, look, I, or the complete polar opposite of that, you can say to us, look, I really like this color. Can you come up with a scheme for me, and uh, you know, do what you do best, basically. So so just out of curiosity, please tell me he wanted that um, goblin green on his bases. That's you know that's the one thing that we were really really gutted about is that he didn't go with, uh, he didn't go with goblin green bases which, <laughs> which would have, which would have finished them off in a really lovely fashion but um, oh yeah no he didn't you know he wanted uh, that's the one restriction <laughs> that, you know, not, not not to have um, not to have um got goblin green bases which you know it would have been absolutely all the way second edition if that was the case but no he wanted oh, yeah, for that, sure. I think the rest of his, I think the rest of his armies that he's got have more generic sort of grey. I think it was grey basin that he went for in there, like sort of urban city fight kind of basin. Uh-huh. So, uh, so no, that's what we, um, that's what we went with on the on the on the project for him. But, uh, but yeah, I would have loved to have given it goblin green basin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a pretty cool idea for a color scheme, taking it back to second edition, but having obviously Primaris new models. That's yeah. actually a pretty cool cool idea. Yeah, they are really really cool uh, as a range. Um, you know, um, but yeah, no, hundred percent old color schemes on new models is always a really cool thing as well. So I'm, I'm assuming that like, if somebody already has most of their army painted, but they want you guys to fill in the gaps, like here's two units or whatever, they send you images or whatever, right. And say, here, here's the paints I used. Can you kind of match this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say is like, um, Siege has a method of, of if it's a project we've completed the first phase of or the first thing of, we have a hundred percent match uh, guarantee for customers. So we oh. always we have we have something in place or several things in place in the business which allow us to complete one hundred percent guarantee that we'll match the previous phase for you, whether you come back to us in three six. Uh, 9 12 18 24 months whatever the case may be that's um, cool if, if it's if it's a if it's a job whereby you um whereby you you've painted maybe maybe you've painted a couple of squads a character you know and you really want to bulk the army out but you haven't got the time or whatever the case may be um we will match it as physically close as possible based on the information that you give us paints things like that um obviously techniques are things that we we, we obviously know so we'll be able to do that for you but but the the, the paints and the the you know the process we, we'd need to know um but the, the the real thing is though is someone else will never match what you do 100 percent. and unfortunately sure. anyone who says they can is unfortunately not being correct because because <laughs> they because they are not you do you know what i mean and yeah um, so but but what we can say is that we we have like a 95 to 97 percent ability to match it as close as physically possible for you so we will do our absolute utmost to make sure that it is as close as possible and a lot of our clients that do that kind of work with us what they do is they send in a couple of the models that they have painted so that we can at least have that as reference to allow us to get it as physically close for them as possible um you know but um and again our process once that's done we then have things in place which then allow us to, to match what we've done for you 100 percent once again so um it is designed so that it gets rid of any re- uh, you know any sort of any reservation of us not being able to match for you so um so yeah so besides the bacon army first of all how did the how did the bacon army turn out turn out did you make it like bacon colors with the stripes of fat or how did uh, that that's the well for, for anyone who wants to see it there are several videos on the on the siege studios youtube so you can go check that out <laughs> uh, 
But for those of you that don't have YouTube or don't want to go on it, whatever the case may be, so they, they were they were like a crimson in colour, so like a like a reddy sort of brownie kind of colour. And then the trims were like a, a tan colour, so that would be like the fat kind of colour. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ben, who was the painter that worked on the project, what he had a really good idea where all the purity seals were actually rashes of bacon on the Marines. <laughs> so um so yeah, there's uh there's there's quite a few funny things with there's a couple of conversions, there's a sergeant that's got a ketchup bottle that's putting ketchup into a bacon sandwich there's uh that's awesome there's a couple of things so if you if you just search you know siege studios bacon marines you'll find it on youtube and um you can laugh away to your heart's content (laughs) (laughs) but again really cool project um you know really cool customer that we've got and uh you know gives us a completely open open brief on a project which is just something is a really nice thing to have the ability to do um and it gives us you know a chance to really be artists (laughs) yeah so, yeah. so do you have any other have do you have any other weird kind of uh, different armies people have requested like you know you see like the hello kitty or the rainbow or things like that so we've done tower formers so it was uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was a tower army and every single robot in the army or suit or battle suit was a different was a different transformer from the original 1987 film that's cool yeah, which was really cool. Um, and obviously you had squads of infantry, but they were they were painted in different sort of colour ways to distinguish the units. But even then they were painted after a specific colour of a robot and things like that. So we've had Tau Formers, that was quite funny. Um, and let me just think, what else have we had? There's got to be something else. In the, in the eight years of the business, we've done so many projects that are just um, <laughs> are, out, are out there. But yeah, yeah. Tau Formers and the Bacon Marines were the two funniest projects I think we've ever done. And they, and they really, really... You know, hats off to our clients for giving us such a great project to work on. But they were really, really cool, actually. Um, so, yeah, we had a goth, we had a goth Celestine as well, if memory serves correct. That was quite funny. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, we had we had a goth Celestine, which is quite, quite hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Um, obviously, you've got custom schemes. So we do custom schemes like, like we take, you know, a, a colour scheme and that a client's requested and put it on the force. We've had like... Um, you know, oh no, tell the light. The other funny one we had was um, we had we had some uh, angry, we had an angry marine army that was quite funny. Oh, uh, really? And we, yeah, we had to actually video. I think we videoed it before we put all the obscenities on it, just in case it got taken down. <laughs> I think so. But they were cut. Co- they were covered in lots of lots of slogans. I'm pretty sure you'll you'll know. So, um, so oh, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, so we did have a project of those before, which was quite hilarious. Um, yeah, but it's but yeah, we've had quite a few funny projects over the years, but they've always been really good to work on. So, so yeah. So um, I just want to pick your brain real quick. Is there any uh, very fast and dirty technique for dealing with white or yellow, which are notoriously two of the worst colors to try to make look good? Yeah, you know, they are, there is a stigma with them, you know, um, and, 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 you know, I remember back to the old days of like, you know, skull white spray paint and, and paint and like, you know, uh, skull white paint and things like that. And, and genuinely like, you know, layering, you know, white paint obviously being the brightest in or most saturated and then because obviously the color that it is, um, you know, or the color, white isn't the color, but you know what I mean? But the, but the reality is, is that, you know, um, it is hard to layer it on a model without getting a texture or finish and the same with yellow because it has so much so much uh, bright property in it or such so much white pigment in it basically mm-hmm. so um so um it is it, in the early days it was very difficult i'm sure a lot of your listeners were uh, you know, the same age as me or maybe older will remember when you used to put like you know um bad moon yellow over black it used to make the model green do you know what i mean and uh, yeah you know, and things like that uh, you know he says looking at about four pots of bad moon yellow in front of him but um but but the, but the reality is is that like um with a brush nowadays you can put like Avalon Sunset is a great color there are other like Vallejo colors that are really good for layering up with a brush as long as you're as long as you're super thin and you know I know there's that you know that saying of two coats and all of that but you know, as long as you layer up with as many thin coats as possible as you can you, you can you can always put on a smooth coat with a, with, a, with a brush um you know and then that's before we get into airbrushes which obviously you know are now widely used and people do mm-hmm. know but the virtues and the benefits of using an airbrush um but um, but yeah, I would never. I would personally always prefer to use an airbrush and use certain colours like you know white grey or you know uh, cold white or colour or even the air whites and things like that. An airbrush with those colours rather than try and layer up with a brush. Um, but as a little tip to anyone listening, I, I'd probably say that, you know a paint that I recommend for putting white on smoothly uh, with a brush very very quickly and very easily uh, it's a Vallejo air color uh, so it's, it's called white gray 
uh, and I'll give you the serial number as well, just so that you know. <laughs> it, it, it's 71.119, and it's, a, it's an air paint. It's model air, Vallejo white grey. It's a lovely, lovely, it's a really smooth off-white colour that you can put on with a brush really nicely, um, and it does go on quite smooth when you put it on with a brush as well. Now, are you talking about, I'm assuming you're talking priming black or grey under the white? Correct, yeah, yeah, correct, yeah. 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 I mean, um, what if, oh, sorry. Uh, does it does it change for yellow? Would you prime white under the yellow or gray or what? Uh, it depends. If if personally for me, if I was putting yellow over uh, over over black, I would use an airbrush because then that way you you, you guarantee to get a smoother coat and a better application and and and, and more concentric layering when you put it on. Um, mm-hmm. If I was doing it with a brush, I'd probably go with white because the white will then help boost that yellow, and you won't need to do as much to get that saturated yellow color that you're looking for. Hmm. I've never taken the plunge on airbrushes yet. I've been a bit of a coward. Um, also, you know, I don't do much batch. Like uh, anytime that I paint my own models, I will do like a small squad of something. So it never felt like it would be worth it for me to hook up an airbrush and get everything ready and do that to do five models. You no, know, I like. Get, <laughs> no, I get that completely. You know, the thing is, you know, it is an investment for, for anyone. You know, it is a sizable investment to get a setup and to use one and, and all of that. Plus, also, some people don't have the space or, you know, it's not convenient because obviously their situation with living or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, what I would say is it does help with the one commodity which we don't get anymore, which is time, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, I say this a lot in the classes that we teach as a business, but like, you know, time time is a commodity that a lot of people don't really, not, not on purpose, but they just don't realise the value of it because it just passes us by without us really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not physical and it's not tangible in the sense you can't hold it, manipulate it, or whatever the case may be. Um, people do you do what do waste it because because they don't physically see it. So the airbrush does a lot, does speeds things up for people very quickly. And and the benefit obviously is it gives a very good coat, of, a smooth coat on the surface of the model as well. So it it, it is a tool like any other. It, I wouldn't say an airbrush is better than a brush and vice versa. You know, a brush is for a certain job and an airbrush is for a certain job. And I would definitely say that a paintbrush is 80 to 85 percent of the process compared to an airbrush being maybe 10 to 15 and that's the ratio that i would personally say is is what it's used for okay so i'm talking to a professional here right um you gotta settle something for me yeah um i have a very strong opinion on painting on the sprue what is your final verdict on whether or not people should paint on the sprue right so i've had this before um so (laughs) i don't think it's bad i understand why a lot of people do it because it allows you to hold it without touching it and all that kind of stuff um however you're going to spend a load of time painting it to a really nice standard and then you've got to cut it off risking scratching the paint with the clippers and then all the bits where it connects you have to smooth and then Uh repaint over them so i would rather not because of preference of it of quality finish but i would rather get it all cleaned and built and then paint it so I don't have to worry about it than paint on the sprue and then have to be really careful and deal with that afterwards. There um, you go. That, it's settled. That, Nobody should be I, painting on uh, sprues. That, well, if people want to, then, <laughs> then by all means go crazy. But but I, I think it would drive me crazy doing it just purely because of how much cleanup afterwards you need to do. Um, and that, and that, that, that's, that, that's purely, I'm not saying it's wrong. Funny enough, like uh, one of the Golden Demons that... Um, that last year or a couple of years ago there was a category where you everyone had to paint the same model and in the wording someone had put it in the wording of the entry or the category it said something like <laughs> you're not allowed to alter the model in any way like as in put different weapons on it and stuff like that but someone took it actually literally and just painted it to a, a gd quality but on the <laughs> sprue and, and, and entered the sprue as the entry and <laughs> Which, which was hilarious because they literally stuck to the word and they read it as it was written. Do you know what I mean? So it was quite funny. But yeah, like, you know, it's down to, it's down to people's opinions. If they want it, if they find it a better way of doing it, um, then, then go crazy. But um, for me, cleaning all those little joins and repainting them, it would drive me absolutely insane. So Yeah. Every time I see that online, people paint on the sprue and I'm like, oh my gosh, just, yeah, just right. assemble it or subassemble it or something because oh. I do not want to paint this thing and then have to clean it off and paint the little bits 
leftover am, from this trip. I'm right with you there, dude. I would never, ever, ever do that personally because it would literally drive me absolutely barmy. <laughs> well, you, you've just codified it. It is lol now. You're not allowed to paint on the spur anymore uh, <laughs> because it drives me nuts. But like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a paint professional, so I was going to wait and, and uh, defer to your knowledge. So. That's fine. Did you, did, you go to, did you go to the LBO out of curiosity? Oh, no, no, no. I'm That's on the other side of the country for me. Oh, I wasn't too sure if you had or not. Because I know, I know in the States, a lot of people travel all over to, to go to like different conventions and things. So I wasn't too sure. Yeah, actually, I'm not much of a uh, of a tournament guy. I mean, I actually do happen to have a tournament um, like three hours away this weekend. But um, I'm not much of a tournament guy. I, I have actually I own a convention. I mean, we do that once a year. But um. Uh, as far as I've never been to, you know, Nova, which is a pretty big one, or uh, Adepticon, or yeah. I've never been to any of those, honestly. It's A lot of those are on kind of the bucket list sort of thing, but uh, I would probably not participate because I think it would be too stressful. I would just show up and, like, watch people game. Yeah, no, totally. I was, the reason I was asking is because um, we're, we're over in the States in March at Adepticon, and, I, and I, I didn't know if you were going or not, so I wanted to I, want, I always like putting a face to a name, so I, 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 I wondered if you were going or not. Oh, well, that would be nice. But no, unfortunately, uh, not not anytime soon. But one of these days, I think some of them I know Nova is during my very, very busy uh, work season, my my in real life job. Uh, so that is that's definitely a no go. When is Adepticon like March? March? Yeah, it's in March. I think it's the 20th, around about the 20th, I believe. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. one yeah, of these days I'll end up there. Yeah, it's, it, was, I, it was it was my first time in the states and the first time at Adepticon last year, and it was mind blowing. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it just absolutely blew my mind. So, um, you know, it was, it was really good. So, so yeah, I didn't, cool. I didn't, I didn't know if you're going to be there or not. No, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm very much a casual gamer, a narrative, a casual. You know, I, I'm just. I don't I don't like tournaments too much because the, no. a lot of times it takes the fun out of it. People get real yeah. serious about it. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the tournament we're actually going to is actually one of only two tournaments a year I go to. So oh, and it's wow. people that I already know for, that they come to my convention and I go to their tournament. So it's um, I have friends that I already know there. So it's, it's a little different. Oh, good, but yeah. uh yeah, the competitive scene is quite interesting, so I know exactly what you mean, but um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you being on. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? Because this has well, been, at this point, it's 45 minutes of your time we've taken up here. No, it's all good, dude. I'm actually just sitting here trying to trying to work on a model for, 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 our, for, our, for, our, for our Patreon, but uh, but it's all good. No, it's, it's fine. I'm, 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 you know, I'm happy to answer any questions you've got, dude, like, you know, um, you know, it's fine. I'm just trying to have a really chilled evening and relax after a super stressful day at the office. But yeah, it's, other than that, it's good. No, but if there's anything you want to know, dude, I'm more than happy to answer it. And like I said, it's, it's totally cool. No, I mean, I've, you pretty much hit it. I just was interested to pick your brain about yellows and whites and uh, yeah. and exactly how the process of everything is, which you've already explained. Because I've never, I've never had anything commission painted. I've never commission painted. I've really had nothing to do with that whole industry. And it's very interesting because, like you said, so many different companies are different. I'm vaguely aware that some companies do one thing or another, but, you know, I've never participated in any of that. So it's interesting Not to hear. Cool. No, that, that, that's it, you know, like what I mean, what I would say is just, you know, um, always find out as much as you can. And just so if you've never had something done before and you are, you know, looking to go into that way, then, you know, do all the normal things that you do when you're trying to find out who to go to and that kind of thing. And just, you know, um, just, you know, be, be, be open to different, different people, companies being different. That's all I'd say. So how can, okay, I know you've got a very large online presence and a lot of followers and a lot of subscribers and whatnot. What are the various ways people can follow you or contact you or, you know, check, you know, contact you for commissions or watch your videos or any of that? So all you need to do is just search Siege Studios, be it on YouTube, Instagram or Facebook, and you'll find us. Um, you know, we, we our videos that we do on YouTube are very, very much, you know, you see every angle of the model, you see everything, um, you know, you don't see them just from one direction or whatever the case may be. We, we you know, it's, it's me talking on camera about every project that we do as a business, um, you know. Um, Instagram, just search on Instagram. That's, you know, we, we post loads of things on there, competitions, work in progress photos, completed projects, videos, uh, events that we do, you know, conventions we go to, all those different things. We're on, as I said, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're on all of those, um, you know, but for commission and things like that, the best place to do is just go to www.siegestudios.co.uk, click on the contact tab or, or book, get a quote button 
and um, and then you'll just fill out the form. It takes literally five minutes and, you know, to select your options and then put your model list in our format, which is shown on there. Um, send that off to us. You get a quote back and then you get the process started. It's very, very simple. You know, we, we've tried to not reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very, very straightforward Easy process, you know. You deal with the office. Um, you got, a, you know, a, a, someone who looks after you as a client manager, um, you know, and uh, and yeah, it's it's very very simple, you know. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, oh, the one the one the one last thing I would say as well is if if you are if you are skeptical about you know anything, always look for reviews and always look for things like that. That's what I would definitely say. Um, Siege is a business, just so you and your, your your listeners are aware. We have something called Trustpilot. I don't know if you have it in the states, but um, but Trustpilot is a, is an internationally recognised uh, review website, uh, and Siege is the only company in the industry to have it um, and also have a ninety six percent rating on there as well. So. Um, wow. gives, you, gives you a really good idea of what we are and, and sort of like the quality that we offer. That's awesome. Brilliant. Well, um, I think that's about it, honestly. Um, just uh, we covered pretty much everything I wanted to ask. So if you don't have anything else to add, then I will let you go there, James. That's amazing. Brilliant. I really, I really want to say a massive thank you to you and your listeners for having me on the show. I really, I really appreciate it, honestly. Uh, and if anyone is going to Adepticon, it'd be really nice to, to shake your hand and say hello. So if you want to drop by the stand there and say hello, then it'd be nice to meet you. So you'll have a booth there at Adepticon? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Awesome. Yeah. And it's Siege Studios. And so, uh, you'll be there, so ask for James, right? Yeah, that's it. James or any other team will be there to help you. So it'd be, it'd be lovely to meet you. Well, you'll have to tell me how it is, because like I said, that's a bucket list item for certain. But I, I just will, I will drop you a message 100 percent and I'll drop you an e- I'll drop you an email and, and uh, send you some photos of all the amazing games and stands and hopefully maybe see you there next year. Awesome. Brilliant. All right. Well, you have a nice night. I know it's a lot of, uh, later there than it is here. So, yeah, <laughs> so. <it> is. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. No problem. See you, man. See ya. 